0: Nerd Alert, you've been warned. I gotta tell you, there's still a lot to think about and talk about after publishing episode 4 of Nerd Alert on rules and fairness. So, I felt like I needed to suss out this bonus episode, even at the risk of sounding like I was beating a tired drum. Because of course I never want to do that to my listeners, but I really did feel like these thoughts might be useful. So, here they are. As I mentioned in the full-length episode, I watch a lot of sports with my husband, and it started out as a New Year's resolution I made maybe 15 years ago. That year, Lou and I decided instead of making personal resolutions, each of us would pick something the other person could do to make our marriage healthier and happier. Lou asked me to watch at least one of his favorite sports with him, and I asked Lou to put his dirty clothes in the hamper. Now, all these years later, Lou still mostly puts his stuff in, or at least near the hamper, and over the years, I've developed a genuine affinity for watching sports with my husband. But to be more specific, I really connected with the sport of college football. Now, I've always preferred college sports over pro because I guess I want to believe there's a deeper love of the game when you're playing for school pride, but I actually don't think that's exactly true anymore. Some of the news articles I've read over the years on the Bleacher Report and a couple of the other sports-related news feeds I subscribe to made me wonder about college athletes a few times, and more often than not, I've really had to wonder about the NCAA. Plus, I'm an SEC fan, and more specifically, an Ole Miss Rebel, and some of the sanctions my team has experienced in the sport of football over the years has made me question things a bit deeper. And as you might remember, when I've got a dog in the fight, I'm willing to go there. But I really do think many college football players see college sports as a kind of farm league they have to participate in to get their shot at the pros. And even though I'm sure that's a very broad statement that isn't completely fair to the entire population of college athletes, I know I'm not totally off, and I also know I'm not totally off on my suspicions about the NCAA. Okay, but setting my suspicions aside, when California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill called the Fair Pay to Play Act into law, I felt this kind of icky feeling coming over me. I totally understand the controversy, and I even understand the spirit of that legislation. But for me, it felt like this act was the first step onto a slippery slope that no sports shoe has enough traction to handle without the potential for a major slip and fall. That's just how I see it anyway. But in case you don't know about this bill, I'll quote an article from my news feed to get you up to speed. Quote, The fair pay-to-play bill's premise is straightforward. Beginning in January of 2023, It's a setup to give student athletes at colleges and universities in California the right to negotiate deals with third parties over the commercial use of their names, images, and likenesses. The NCAA has previously faced lawsuits over the usage of names, images, and likenesses, yet this bill comes at the NCAA from the state level, using a legislative tactic the association hasn't yet encountered. I guess I should state for the record that I'm not totally solid on how I feel about this controversy. I mean, whether or not college athletes get paid to play is a really loaded topic. Even though I will admit that this bill does approach the issue from an angle that has my interest piqued. But... Mostly, I'm just unsorted on the topic at the moment, and while I can see how unfair it is to ask a football player to put their bodies through so much so the school can win a game and rake in massive amounts of cash that the players don't get to see, I guess I just feel like this whole shift where getting paid to play a sport in college gets really convoluted. And if football players get paid, then what about other college athletes who don't play such high-profile sports? Should they get paid too? That only seems fair. Until, of course, you start trying to work out the math that pertains to every sport and the individual players and how much they're worth and so on and so on and so on. And so I worry that getting paid to play won't be healthy for amateur athletes in the long run. (laughs) But what do I know? I guess I want to believe that getting to go to college on a free ride when you play a sport should be a privilege and considered a benefit. I mean... A college education is valuable, at least I think it is, but when the focus of your college experience is totally fixed on participation and your success at all costs in a sport and that sport makes a college a lot of money that you don't ever see, it really does make it super tricky. You know this topic's going to get a lot of media coverage in the coming weeks and months, and the debates are going to be pretty heated at times because both sides of this argument have solid points. And to me, at least, this seems like a novel problem that's been brewing for a long time, and perhaps it could use some casuistry to sort it out. But I know I'm going to have to ponder all of this for a while because I watch a lot of Sports Center with my husband. But it's so interesting to me to consider how rules and fairness in sports directly spill over into other areas of life, too. And that crossover is incredibly pronounced when you keep that focus on the business of higher education in this country. Nerd alert. You've been warned. College controversies were already on my mind before I even wrapped up the production of the To Be Fair episode of Nerd Alert. And so I want to give you one more podcast suggestion to add to the topic. It's a newer podcast from Pushkin Industries called Deep Background with Noah Feldman. Now, I typically only mention the free podcasts that are out there, because with my current state of affairs, I'm pretty much a free podcast binger. And while Deep Background is a premium subscription-based podcast you can subscribe to on Luminary, I did find one free episode that was featured on another podcast called The Axe Files. Now, I don't currently listen to the Axe Files podcast, but I do plan to give it a listen on an upcoming hike. But for now, I just want to direct you to this free episode. And don't worry, I put the link to this episode in my show notes. Okay, so now for my synopsis of this episode of Deep Background with Noah Feldman. (laughs) This first episode of Deep Background, Noah Feldman and his guest Asha Rangappa, a former FBI agent and the former dean of admissions at Yale Law School, gives us a unique perspective on the college admissions scandal, which is currently placing a glaring spotlight on college admissions, and how political and messy this whole process can be. was this a nuanced and interesting discussion and it perfectly fits in with the whole dilemma I've been trying to work out in my mind about rules and how some people believe they are the exception to them and what makes this interview so extra interesting to me is how these two highly intelligent and completely invested people break down how the erosion of the rules impacts not just the infrastructure of our education But these breaches in admission protocols have only further highlighted how unfair life really is. And you know what? Maybe that's how it's supposed to be. But for me, what this podcast makes me think about is this. Unfairness only gets worse when privileged people go out of their way to stack the deck. And that's the part of this scandal that trips me up the most. Okay, I'm going to make this personal here and... I do apologize in advance if I'm somehow tone-deaf in this area of my thinking, but let me just paint a picture for you that's taken shape in my mind, and then you decide how you feel. Let's say I have a degree from Stanford. In the landscape of how the world we live in plays out, that still really means something. And in that one pithy little statement, I have a degree from Stanford have just defined a status of learning and intelligence for the listener because Stanford's an elite school, and getting into that institution for higher education is no gimme or easy feat. At least that's what most of us believe. And on the most fundamental level, getting into Stanford isn't about fairness or an even playing field. It's about merit and achievement and a pursuit of excellence, Right? And while I fully understand the juice behind a statement like I have a degree from Stanford must have, if I didn't get into Stanford on my own merit, and I didn't earn my degree all by myself, personally speaking, I mean like deep down inside, wouldn't I have to wonder if the juice I was getting off that statement, I have a degree from Stanford, was real or just a scam? What I mean by that is, if somehow I cheated the system or bought my degree, wouldn't that statement, I have a degree from Stanford, be hollow? Maybe not to someone on the outside of the lie, but on the inside of it? Would there be any real value to the degree I have? And if someone else did all the leveraging for me, like, say, giving Stanford $20 million in donations to grease the wheels of the admission board, Wouldn't that make it feel even worse? Just to be clear, I don't have a degree from Stanford. (laughs) But I also haven't ever cheated my way into college or anything like that, and my dad didn't give either of the two colleges I attended a hefty donation to get me in. However, I do have one measly little example of how it feels to wonder about how merit and acceptance tug and pull on the value of belonging to a universe that... Might not pick me if all things were equal for everyone. Like I said, it's a measly example, but for me, it was one of the only times I got something I wasn't sure I deserved. I joined a sorority in college. Now, mind you, I'm closing in on 50 years old right now, and so I've had a lot of experiences in my lifetime so far, but sorority rush did a tap dance on me like very few things ever have Because I was never sure if I got into my sorority because I was good enough or if it was because I was a legacy. See, my older sister was a member of the chapter. I was rushing and when I got my bid on bid day and I started comparing myself to all of the other girls who didn't have older sisters or mothers who were a part of that sisterhood, I started to worry I got in on favor or by some sort of weird privilege I didn't exactly deserve. I questioned my own value because there was no way to know for sure if these girls chose me because of who I am or because of who my sister was. Now, I get that being a legacy in a sorority for some people is a beautiful tradition. And the shared sisterhood you find with someone you're related to can be really special. And to be fair... (laughs) My relationship with my sister really did grow deeper as a result of joining that sorority and I even met my very first ever and longest lasting best friend in that sorority so some good stuff did come from that. But the advantage or the privilege that was extended to me never felt quite right and it always made me question. I guess I can say this. The things that I've earned on the sweat of my brow or because I worked my buns off to hit the mark mean more to me in my life than Things that have been given to me because of some exception to the rule. And when I didn't get the thing I wanted so badly, there's this opportunity to see that perhaps for me, some things just aren't meant to be. And at least I tried. And at least I risked all that I am to get what I wanted. And that always teaches me something. For me. Whenever I do whatever it takes to overcome the odds and when I push myself a little harder to overcome the unfairness or the bumpy playing field, for me, when I get those things, it's so much more valuable. Maybe not to other people, but to me, and there is peace found in that reality. Now we can talk all day long about how life on the outside is rigged or how things should or shouldn't be changed to make them more fair, but for me at least, moving lines around and creating exceptions to rules so more people can join in has deeply personal consequences too the unfairness of life sometimes feels like the setup for character development in my personal journey, and sometimes I think what this world is lacking more than fairness or a level playing field is character. I know that might make me sound narrow or judgmental, and I'm so sorry if it does, but I guess I just wanted to be honest with you, and I wanted to add this commentary to the mix of things when it comes to rules, rule following, and fairness, because there is an emotional and personal cost that might be eroding in all of this, too. Anyway. I've put the links to the Fair Pay to Play article, as well as this free episode of Noah Feldman's deep background interview in my show notes. And you'll find one other link in my show notes, too, and that's a link to an article that Noah's guest Asha Rangappa wrote for CNN after the whole college admission scandal broke. I'm just telling you, that article is so interesting, and I believe it's completely worth the read. But until next time. Nerd alert. You've been warned.